podcast one production. If you're not somebody who builds connections, then you're going to struggle with influencing because it's always about people and humans and behaviour at the end of the day. I'm Margie Hartley, executive coach to senior leaders around the globe, as well as 11 of the top ASX listed companies. And this is Fast Track. Today, the art of influence. I'm joined by one of Australia's most successful influencers, Jack Phillips, Senior Director and Head of Marketing at Visa Australia New Zealand and South Pacific. How do we help people understand our point of view and how do we really effectively have influence at work? Is influencing just about getting what you want? going to answer these questions and seek to understand why successful people are really great influencers and that great influencers tend to be successful. Jack Phillips, you're amazing at relationships and an outstanding influencer. What is influencing? I think simply it's achieving outcomes. And hopefully for most people that see the value of influencing or certainly see the benefits it brings, it's achieving outcomes for good, not just in the personal, but certainly in the professional and definitely in the social and community aspects of our world. Okay, can you've got some examples for me? Because this idea of influencing, it sort of was a mandatory course that everybody did in the 80s and 90s, you know, influencing, negotiating and communicating. But I'm not sure really people understand how it's applied. I think the book was uh, Dale Carnegie, wasn't it? <laughs> how to influence friends and win people. Um, and it's you just you just spoke about three really important pieces, which is you know influencing, negotiation, and communication. So you can't influence without communicating really, really clearly. You have to know what it is that you actually want to achieve. And if you can't articulate that to the audience uh, or the people that you are trying to influence, then chances are you won't succeed. And the other one is negotiation, because whilst we might start out with an objective to achieve as an influencer, you may not get what you want, which means you then therefore need to be prepared to negotiate. So I think those th- those are really key capabilities of, of being able to, to influence. Just before I arrived here, uh, I was with somebody, uh, somebody quite senior, and their words to me were, I just couldn't sell it in. Okay, so what was that about? Yeah, interesting, isn't it? So, so they couldn't sell it in and I could see how frustrated they were. And so we spoke about it, actually, uh, and it appears that whilst they believed in what they wanted to sell in, uh, and it was a great opportunity, and it was a great opportunity for the organisation this person actually worked for, they had not prepared their, I guess, story to articulate exactly what it was that they wanted to do and why that would benefit the organisation and ultimately those individuals. This is something that's really interesting. And I learned this when I went and did a great course at Harvard, maybe three years ago. And it was all about uh, helping women actually negotiate better. And women tend to be good negotiators, but they often um, don't sell themselves very well because that's not part of our, I guess, authentic style. We're always thinking about others. That's actually a benefit when it comes to uh, influencing and negotiating. What is the benefit to everyone else and this organisation? 
and it might benefit me too, but let's not put that first. So this particular person that we were just talking about, when I asked them why they couldn't sell it in, they said they gave the hardcore facts and the facts spoke for themselves. And I thought that that was a real misunderstanding on their part. Cold, hard facts don't tell a story. They tell part of a story, but they don't tell a full story. So the cold, hard facts, whilst they are good, they also need to be put into some sort of context and there needs to be some sort of emotion with it. Here's the benefit to you personally, here's the benefit to the organisation and here's how we can achieve this based on these cold, hard facts. So it's part of that communicating from multiple angles and being able to help someone see the vision that you're painting. Is that is that right? Is that's, that what you're saying? That's spot on. That's exactly what it is. So, so painting that vision. So cold, hard facts are not enough. They are the basis or the foundation. And you're talking about this storytelling component, is mm. that right? Bringing the hearts and mm. as well as the mind, Jack? Mm, absolutely. So we're all people at the end of the day. We all have personal values. Uh, you know, we have ideas, we have aspirations. And how you use, I guess, the inside of the audience that you're actually trying to influence, whether it be one person or more than one, is really, really critical. So get the context, understand your audience, and then use what you know, the insights, to then articulate the story or the ask or the request or the business case. Okay. One of the things you just said to me before, and I want to take this back about where we can influence. We're talking about skills at work and influencing at work, but you've said this spreads right across our whole lives. Mm. It's not just a skill for the sales professional, mm. It's which is often a misnomer, I think, about influencing mm. um, or now Instagram influencers. Mm. They're, you know, this idea of influencing is just for the salesperson. You're saying it applies in almost every aspect of our work and outside lives. F- fully. Anybody at any level needs to be able to influence. It can be the most basic thing. It you might need to to influence uh, some flexibility in the workplace. You might need uh, to work one day a week from home, maybe just once. Uh, hopefully, you can you can do that more than once. Um, but if if it's something that you need that aligns back to your uh, you know personal values or, or or necessities, then you are going to need to influence that. So you need to think about how you are going to ask for that, and what the ideal outcome is the audience that you're asking it to and why it should be okay for you to do that. So I don't think it matters which level you are. I don't think it matters how young or how experienced or how mature you are. If you can learn how to communicate what it is that you want and set it up so that it makes really good sense for all stakeholders, it should never ever be just about an individual, uh, then I think you're on the right path. So if I'm uh, going for a pay rise mm. or um, I'm the CEO trying to help my organisation see where we need to move to and mm. from and to. These are all influencing skills? Absolutely they are. Pay rises are classic examples. So pay rises are never, ever comfortable for anybody involved, the person asking or the person who, who is potentially giving or not giving the pay rise. It's never an easy conversation. So one of the, the tips uh, that I have used and that has been effective, I'm, I'm you know, thankful to say, uh, has been to, again, look at what the value is that I bring as an individual to the organisation. But by me 
asking for a pay rise, that means I'm actually going to do something. I'm going to do something more. I'm going to do something differently or I'm going to do something more broadly. So actually putting that into the context of why I believe I'm worth that pay rise and the value it brings back to the organisation. That's one example of how you might set up how to influence the outcome. You wouldn't go into that same conversation also not thinking about the anticipated responses you might get. So whilst you might not get exactly what it is you're asking for, there might be something else put to you. Uh, so, so be prepared for that and be preparing for if the uh, answer is a flat no, then what are the consequences for you and for the organisation regarding that response? Okay, so as I'm hearing you describe influence and the art of influencing, it's about building bridges. That's what I'm hearing you say, enabling the sort of multiple perspective taking and good understanding rather than manipulation and politics or power dynamics, which is what often influences mm. painted as. Mm. That's, a, that's a great summation. Um, it very much is uh, not about command and control. It's not about saying, um, I want this and therefore you should do it because I'm a superior. Um, It's not about saying um, I deserve this. Uh, That's obviously a personal opinion. It's very much about building bridges and that's where connection comes into it, yeah? Mm. So if you're not somebody who builds connections, then you're going to struggle with influencing because it's always about people and humans and behaviour at the end of the day. So being a connector and, and working hard on building healthy connections There's a great line. In fact, Margie, I think you might have even given us this line one time and it was, great conversations lead to great relationships. Mm. Great relationships Mm. lead to a great life. and I, I couldn't agree more. So, so it's all about relationships and how you actually deliver on great relationships when it comes to influencing and getting an outcome that does achieve good for you or the organisation or many stakeholders. There's also an expectation on your part that you will also be somebody who will give back and perhaps help somebody else when it comes to their ask. So what I want to ask you, Jack, is how? How do you get it? Mm. Because it feels sometimes like some people are born with a real skill at influencing. So how do we figure out what others want and how do we figure out how we go about it and our Mm. style? Mm. I don't think anyone's born with it. I think it requires Mm. immense amounts of self-awareness. So you have to be very, very conscious of how you are perceived and the sort of relationships and connections that you have and that you build. So the first thing is if you're not trusted, if people don't think that you behave in a way that aligns to their values and they don't think that you're consistent or that you will actually do as you say, then it's going to be very hard to influence. So if you don't have trusted relationships, you're going to be in trouble. Let's talk about this trust piece. And you've already talked Mm. about connection and relationships. Mm. And you know that I'm passionate about connection Mm. being a a, a critical component of work-life. Trust, okay, foundational, important. I don't know anybody would say that they'd love to walk into a workplace that had a lack of trust. (laughs) It's a bit hard, it's a bit like the wind, isn't it? How do you grab hold of this and and know what it is and looks like? Mm. What are the fundamentals of trust building? Mm. Basically, it's knowing that if somebody says they're going to do something, then they will. Um, 
trust is very much about uh, doing the right thing, I think, uh, and doing it consistently. So you can figure out pretty quickly if you can trust somebody. Uh, It doesn't generally take too long. Uh, Every now and again, somebody might let you down and there might be a really good reason for that. But it's like credits, isn't it? You know, if they are trusted 90% of the time and one or two times they don't meet uh, on on an area of trust, then you can forgive uh, and it doesn't mean that you stop trusting them. But it's important that the people that you are, um, I I guess, trying to to influence actually believe that you are Mm. somebody who is worthy of that influence. As I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, oh, it's the absence of suspicion. That's the... Yeah. Yeah, good good description. That's exactly right. So then it becomes very efficient. Um, I know Jack, I know what she says. I know that she will do that. Um, If she's asking me for this, she must really believe it's important. I think what it is, it's belief in that person's intentions, that they they will be ethical and they will be um, of integrity and, and they will be consistent. So once you are clear on what you want from somebody, then it's really important that they too are clear on that. And then I think you have this 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 wonderful trust relationship. They know so we're not being techniqued or we're not being manipulated. No. We're not being sold to. No. We're actually really upfront about our objectives and our needs and we build that through trust, connection and relationships. That is exactly right. So can I talk to you about a couple more compo- of these components about mm. the how of influencing? I want to talk about authority What's your view of your need for authority to get influence or to have influence? People just assume if you are a very senior leader, then you have immense influence. I guess the difference between those that actually influence and influence effectively versus those that get their own way because of their title is very much about trust and credibility. And generally, influencing is a lifelong marathon, if you will. It's not a sprint, yeah? So so every job I've had, every role I've had, I've been able to influence, and I have been influenced, obviously, uh, but that hasn't stopped when I've gone on to the next phase of my career or the next phase of my um, role within within an organisation or a different organisation. So it's influence is one of those things that builds and builds. So just to say that uh, now that I'm, you know, head of marketing for Visa, that I have influence, uh, whereas I didn't have it before when I was a radio announcer, is actually incorrect. I might just be using different skills and hopefully I've learned a lot more about myself and how to um, be more efficient and more effective in getting outcomes and achieving them. But I don't think it has anything to do with title. It's very much about the sort of person you are, whether you're trusted and how you communicate and especially how consistent you are. What else? I'm just hungry for more. Mm. What are the other component parts of Mm. influencing? Mm. Let's go back to communication. I think that's really important. We are in a world where we are bombarded with messages. Um, We we, we get them, you know, on, on, at a, I can't remember the statistic, but, you know, something like 50,000 a day or something. And and that's not just advertising. That's that's all messages that we're getting, whether it be through email, telephone, uh, all the different apps, et cetera. And, and I'm noticing, and I'm noticing it more and more, we are becoming a little less able to communicate articulately and well. And what I mean by that is we've become this text generation where everything's shortened, everything's abbreviated. So I will often be in a situation where somebody is 
telling me something with the purpose of asking me something and I'm not even aware they're asking. And that's because they're using a lot of jargon and they're using a lot of um, sort of short, sharp words without actually giving me A, any context or B, the story that we were talking about before. I think there is an art to being able to communicate really efficiently and effectively. And the only way to be able to do that is to be very clear on what it is you want to say, what it is you expect to get from saying it and anticipating what the response will be. And all of those things require preparation. And we're also busy running from one thing to another. We often don't give ourselves the opportunity to prepare. It might only be five minutes, Mm. but it makes the difference. And you know, the thing that I have also noticed, and I love that you brought up this idea of we communicate by text, um, we can edit texts and emails mm. and our communication that way, but actually relationships are quite messy <laughs> and the true human relationships are complicated and they're not always going to work perfectly. And if we always communicate via text or the written short form, then we can edit the way we present or what we want to talk about or mm. or share. And I think the art of influence through verbal communication and face-to-face, even over Skype, but it's re- is really much more complicated than um, being able to send a, a text or mm. that sort of communication. What are mm. your thoughts about that? Because, I, I mean, mm. empathy, perspective taking, mm. they all require... Um, you to hold on to multiple concepts mm. rather than just say, I want this by this date. It's so true. The only piece you've missed there is time. So I think because we all <laughs> seem to have such a lack of time, you know, we're all we're all mm. busy, busy people managing multiple priorities, men and women, you know, professional lives, personal lives, family lives. You know, sometimes I just think to myself, gosh, I hope there's not going to be any disasters in my life for the next 10 years, you know. Please don't, I mean, how ridiculous. Life life is complex. It's messy. It's complicated. Um, but I keep thinking I won't have time to address that because I've got so many other things I need to do and so many other commitments I've made. At the end of the day, we've got to start giving ourselves more time, more time to think, more time to ideate. Um, one of the things I do mm-hmm. every weekend, my team knows this, is I get amongst nature. And I know it sounds a bit silly, but no, you know, I all. love being amongst nature because I'm unplugged. And that's when I start to actually really think about people. I really think about relationships. I think about the things I haven't done that I need to do. I think about the apologies I need to make. I think about the, the things that I need to uh, bring back to my team, the call I need to make to my mother because I'd forgotten to, to you know, recommend something that I promised her I would. So, so we've got to give ourselves more time and permission to find time. And then I think we can become better communicators. And then I think we can become better influencers. Amazing. So it's a mindful approach uh, that I like so much there. And Tom Ford, that famous philosopher, said time and silence are the greatest luxuries of the modern age. And I have to, quite frankly, agree with him. So even about being successful at work, allowing yourself that space again, Jack, Mm. is so good. So authentically, how am I going to be authentic at this Mm. thing when um, there seem to be so many component parts? Mm. Can I learn it in a 101 course? I've got a great yoga instructor who says, you do you. It's my favourite three words at the moment. You do you. In other words, you be yourself and you figure it out for yourself when we're in the practice. And I think in order to be authentic, you have to like who you are. 
However, I'm also aware there's always things we want to change about ourselves and that's a good thing. We should always try and, you know, progress and, and, and improve on, on who we are and how we behave. But ultimately, we're all good people. We're all trying to do the right thing uh, in the majority of, of, of circumstances. So being able to show up as to who you are and be authentically you is going to help you influence. How do you do that? By getting comfortable with who you are and thinking about the positive. Yep. So if I know that I get a dry throat when I'm presenting, if I know that I tend to be easily distracted when people are telling me things that are important, then what are the things that we can do to set ourselves up to be our best in that situation. And I think once you start to focus on that again, giving yourself the time and permission to do so, then you can be yourself. Fantastic. Great influences are successful. And so to influence means that we're going to be able to help persuade others to a different point of view, allow their perspective to influence ours, and actually create an environment of growth and greater understanding. And What I'm hearing today is we can do that through connection, trust, great communication, allowing ourselves time and mindful emphasis on these relationships at work. So remember, make good choices, learn to influence and use it for good. Fast Track is produced in the studios of Podcast One Australia. The producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, head to podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the app or search Fast Track Career Conversations podcast.